Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. How many have enjoyed Too Late to Quit this this month? How many? Thank God. Thank God. That's awesome that God continues to motivate each and every one of us um, because it's, it's not too late to quit. It's not too late to quit. So let's start. Today I want to do a recap, a quick recap. We have a something at the end of the service that's going to be incredible and we want you guys to be a part of. But today I want to do a quick recap of the series Too Late to Quit. See, it's important to remember that we have been talking about how God's original plan for Israel was to take them to their promised land in weeks, not in 40 years. Also, in this week's past, in the weeks past, we have learned that when the people of Israel left Egypt and got about halfway to the promised land, Moses, that's right, Moses sent a few spies into the land to scout it out. But what happened when the spies went into the promised land to check it out? They came back with bad news. They came back with news that was negative. They came back with news of saying, hey, there's a lot of limitations over there. We're not going to be able to overcome them because they're too strong. And this is what we deal with all the time. Again, we deal with obstacles in our life. We deal with sometimes obstructions in our life that says that we aren't able to do it. But if you have listened throughout this month, this month has just been a time of encouragement. Just saying to you, there's going to be a moment where you're going to feel like you're going to give up. But it's too late to quit. It is too late to say that you can't do it. It's too late. You just have one more step to reach. Every time I read this part of the story about how they got almost to the end and they were almost there to the promised land, I, I read that part and, and uh, I see how stubborn they were. As Christians, we are stubborn. Because we have someone who holds all the answers. But because we live with a lot of stubbornness, we won't allow God to do his work in our lives. But I want you to understand, it's too late to quit. We have to understand that even when the, the, the slaves were released from Egypt, they were in the wilderness, but God was still working in their lives. God was still showing signs and wonders. If it wasn't a a, uh, a pillar, uh, if it wasn't a pillar, or if it wasn't a, a, a flame directing on, on what path to go, God was still there, even in the midst of their hurt, even in the midst of their destruction, God was still there. So today, I want to go back again, I'm going to reflect on some points I did. So if you missed it, take some notes, write these notes down. The first point I want to make to you is that he got you. That was the first Sunday. He got you. No matter what you think, or no matter how far you think you've gone, he still got you back. He, he, he's there saying, you got this. I'm right here. Just take another step. You see, as Joshua did, you need to trust God, and you need to trust that God will fight for you, that God will be there for you throughout your journey. You need to remember that God has promised his people a land that would be full of blessing. It was worth the fight. 
It was worth going the distance, but the process of getting there would be a stretch of our faith. But you have to remember that he got you no matter what. We too often face these journeys as as God leads us into our own promised land. And maybe you feel like the blessing is too long in coming. Sometimes we just want the blessing to hurry up overnight and happen. But there's a process. The journey is worth fighting for. It is worth going the distance. But the one thing I do know is that it's not going to be easy to get there. You have to depend on God like nothing before. And that's what takes me to my second point. Keep pressing through. Keep pressing through. We're living in times where people are giving up. People are losing their faith. People don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but we have to keep pressing through. Even when things don't, they don't look right. Even when they're not calculating right. They're not coming with the, 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 the final total. It just doesn't make sense. Like, I can't be doing this if I'm living in this situation, but I'm trusting in God. Let me tell you something. God always shows himself in those awkward situations. There's not a testimony that I have not heard here at Scarlet No that said that everything came out the plan. There was always an obstacle that we had to face to get to the next level. Keep pressing through. God always knows our ways. He sees the big picture. And though it may not have been what we would have chosen, he cares for us. He loves us because God has all a way of making everything all right at the end. But we have to keep pressing through. I don't know what you guys are going through this morning. I don't know what you've been going throughout this month. But for some reason, this has been something very heavy on my heart that we have to speak to our family here at Scarlet Note and also those that are watching us online and understand that we must keep pressing through. We're going to see the promised land. We need to keep pressing through. My third step for you is our steps are ordered by God. Everything you think that you can't do, you can do when you trust God. It's already ordered. It's already done. You just have to make the first move and start believing. But as humans, we do this because we live with all this hurt. Sometimes we we feel like we have to do more from us so that we can receive the blessing. And God is saying, you're saying that you have to receive, you have to do more work than everything I've done on the cross for you? I've already done it for you. It's already yours. You just have to take it. You just have to take it. Our steps are ordered by God. That's the third point, that our steps are ordered by God. You need to trust the process. You need to trust that the next step will be better than the first step. That your adverse circumstances are just temporary. For this reason, I encourage you, my fourth point, listen up, my fourth point, don't make a permanent decision over temporary circumstances. Don't make a permanent decision over temporary circumstances. I told you the story about when I was looking for a house and my real estate agent was showing me some homes. And inside of the homes, because I deal with uh, multiple sclerosis on a daily basis, each of the homes had handicap access, had a lift so that I can get to the second level. 
It was already prepared for my future, my destiny. Let me tell you something. God determines your destiny. God determines your destiny. You have to understand. Yeah, I deal with issues. I have my ups and I have my downs, but I'm still trusting in God. I'm still believing in the miraculous power of God in my life. That one day I'll be like, yeah, that's a nice lift, but I don't need it. You have to keep pushing. Don't make permanent decisions over temporary circumstances. Don't allow your debt to break you. All of, of, of people in America are dealing with debt. They're all struggling. But don't allow that to determine the outcome of your life and the way you follow Christ. Don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. Because sometimes we do that to ourselves and we lose the blessing. We, we lose our opportunity of receiving the blessing because we're so worried about how we're going to sustain our life here on earth. I'm not from this world. Yes, I said it. Everyone on Facebook, I did say that. I'm not from this world. My king, the kingdom don't, does not reign here. It reigns in heaven. As you see, I may, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I may be kind of chunky. It's okay. It's a little. That's why I got black on. So you, you're not able to see all the details. There's, 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 you see, don't make permanent decisions over temporary circumstances. This is temporary. I'm going to lose this. Believe in yourself. God is trying to tell you something this morning. He wants you to understand that you got this. It just seems like it's probably going off the wall right now, but you got this. Just keep pressing forward. That was my fourth point. You better be taking this. This a guess, bird. The steps that God orders in your life will help you to understand that you are not wandering aimlessly in the desert or in the wilderness. That you're not walking without direction, without purpose. Again, God will not prepare the promised land for the people of Israel. He will prepare the people for the promised land. God is only preparing you. God is only pushing you, saying, you got this. You just have to believe in me more. It's going to take time, but you got this. You want that job? Keep pressing. Keep believing in me, and I'll open the doors for you. But then when you get it, don't complain about it. That's the problem. When we get the blessings, then we start complaining because it's not the way we planned it. But the blessing is there. God is trying to tell you something this morning. And all throughout this month, he's been trying to tell you that it's too late to quit, man. It's too late to quit. This leads me to my fifth point. He is not preparing the blessing for you. He's preparing you for the blessing. When you start to understand that, he is not preparing the blessing for you. He's preparing you for the blessing. Sometimes people want a blessing, but they're not prepared for it. They're not ready for it. They're looking at the person with the nice car like, oh, I should have that already, God. That's not a blessing. That's just a curse sometimes because you don't have enough money to afford that car. And you're praying for something you can't handle yet. And God is saying, I'm going to give it to you on your own time. When I feel like you're ready, I'm going to give it to you. Maybe your marriage is falling apart. You're like, God, I need help. 
Or maybe you got married with somebody you shouldn't have got married with. There's a lot of times where people are saying, this is my boo and I love him so much and I can change him. If you can't change yourself, how do you think you, 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 you can change him? It's impossible. It's impossible. Our job is not to change people. On this world, our job is to change ourselves, not people. We can't. When I was praying for my wife, I said, God, give me a woman. Lord, who can cook first and foremost? But a, but, but a woman who was God-fearing and, and just like my mom. And you got to be careful with those prayers because those kind of prayers, they really work, man. This lady is God-fearing. Thank you. Oh, security. Thank you. Those prayers, those prayers work because I prayed so hard that the lady that I'm married to has the same exact name as my mom. Kind of weird. But I call her mom. I call her mom and I call her my wife. Mamita. I had to prepare myself for my wife. I couldn't give her junk. There's a preparation that has to happen. And guess what? It happened even when I was a child, parents. My father and my mother were preparing a husband. So that when it was time, go ahead, mom, give yourself an applause. There you go. So when it was time to let me go, I was able to walk by myself. But there's too many parents holding their child's hand, and they're also married. Can't do it. But when I met my wife, I knew that she was the one. I said, baby, I love you so much. I love you, girl. And she looked at me. She said, I love you, papi, because you only spoke Spanish at the time. But God changed us so we could speak English too. We communicated and God worked it out. He is not preparing the blessing for you. He's preparing you for the blessing. My wife is a blessing to me. Everywhere I go, they're like, oh, your wife is so smart. Your wife is so beautiful. Your wife is this and that. I'm like, thank you. I know. Sometimes people are living in a circumstance and they're living outside of their blessing. They want something, but they're not ready to have it yet. Let God work in you. Let God take you to the next level in the process, in the journey that, that you have to take to get there. Don't doubt God because your promised land is already given. Your blessing is already in place. It's already been done. The blessing is already there. You just have to wait. You have to work in yourself so that when you get the promised land, you're able to work sufficiently in all the realms that you can. The work doesn't have to apply to where you're going. The work has to be, uh, be applied to you so that when you get to where you're going, you can handle what you need to handle. You see, when I got, when I got married, everyone thinks that marriage is this, you say I do and that's it. No, it's work. It's ongoing work. And when you think you perfected and you only got two years of marriage, you're crazy. Because it's work. I work every day to allow my wife to fall in love with me. Thank you, Mom. Thank you. I work every day. Every day. If it's me cutting the grass, if it's me taking out the trash, if it's me fixing things in the house, I do it. And then I say, baby, I love you. God bless you. And I pray for her. 
Because it's not just the materialistic things you can bring, it's also the spiritual things you can also bring. Me and my wife are equally yoked. I bless her and she blesses me. Understand that. Your blessing is going to come. It just takes time. Prepare yourself first. Six point, my six point. Embrace your identity in Jesus. Failure to see the power of God squashes our hope in what he can accomplish through us. A distorted vision of God leads to a diminished view of ourselves. In the end, we no longer think we are capable of doing what God has called us to do. When, you're, when your God is small, your obstacles seem too big. When your God is small, your obstacles seem too big. But when your view of God is small and your view of your obstacle is big, your view of yourself shrinks. Sometimes we want to do amazing things, but our God, the, the view that we have of God is too small. We think that God can't do it. We think that he's incapable of doing it. So we just say, oh, I'm going to do it on my own. And then you're going to be 40 years in the wilderness trying to do something that God has told you already that it's already been done. Just take it. Just believe in me and I'm going to give it to you. If you want to be one that doesn't quit, like it's too late to quit. If you want to be one that doesn't quit and continue living a life of victory, the first thing you got to know is who you are in Christ. Man, I look in the mirror. I don't look at, like, down here. I don't look at that. I look in the mirror and I'm saying, you are a faithful man of God. You are powerful. You are strong. You are young, good-looking. She said, thank you. I thought she was saying, okay, okay, I got you. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, Sometimes we look in the mirror and we look at ourselves and we don't look at Christ. We're made in the image of Christ. And when we start to understand that, all of the issues that we face sometimes go away. But sometimes we're looking in the mirror and we are disgusted at the person we're looking at in the mirror. It says embrace your identity in Jesus. Every time I'm looking in the mirror, I'm like, this guy is amazing because he is in the image of Christ everywhere I go in the car I put the look at myself in the car and just hey that's Christ right there but sometimes we're living this life like we've lived before when we lived in the world remember when you gave yourself to Christ all of that has been erased God is not Jesus is not looking at that no more he said I paid the price for you there's no reason for you to be living with guilt there's no reason for you to be living with hurt. I've already paid it for you. But that's because as humans and because we live in this world, we think that we can do more than what Jesus has already done. My seventh point. You have to keep your faith in God, man. You have to keep your faith in God. If you remove faith from your Christian walk, you have no power, you have no conviction, you're an empty and you're weak. What took place on the cross would be in vain if you think that your problems are bigger than your God. What took place on the cross would be in vain if, you, if we think we can live without him. 
What happened at the cross would be in vain if we keep looking for help through everyone else but God. It's something different. When I'm worshiping God like this on a Sunday, or when I worship God like this at home, and I surrender all my problems to him, and I say, Father in heaven, I need you now. I'm about to lose it. This world is crushing me, and I'm in pain, and I don't know how I'm going to overcome this but I trust in you, Lord, because you handle all of, all of my steps and you direct them all, Lord. And I love you, Lord. And I just believe in you, but for some reason I, I, I get kind of confused because I get distracted of what the world can give me, but I know that you're still in me. So there's, there's a difference when you continue living a life where you still understand that God is still doing works in you to when there's moments in life where you're just thinking that you're Provision is going to come from wherever your paycheck gives you every two weeks. My help does not come from this world. My help comes from my Heavenly Father. You have to keep your faith up. It's hard to keep your faith when everything is going horrible. When everything is... <sighs> you see, there's, there's, there's moments that we live in our lives and we feel like we've reached the highest point of our career, of success. And God is saying, you're done with having faith in me? You have faith in everything. You have faith in miracles. You have faith in that grass you're trying to grow. It's getting yellow spots all over because it's not enough water. It's too hot outside. You have faith. You start speaking to the seeds like, I need you to grow. I need you to grow. Your life has to be always in the midst of the presence of God. I pray all the time. I don't have my eyes closed, but I'm praying like, Lord, you know I got to fix this. Give me the knowledge and the know-how to make this happen. And I say, I put it in your hands. And then guess what happens? I get something. Oh, you can fix it this way. You can do this. You can do that. It's because I have an ongoing relationship with Christ. It doesn't take a devotional. Sometimes it just takes you trusting in him. You have to keep your faith in God no matter what, no matter what this world tells you, no matter what kind of other vaccine comes out. Trust your faith in God. I live every day dealing with multiple sclerosis. Every day when it's hot outside, I can't go outside. I see my boys playing outside, and I see my wife riding her bike around like a crazy person. And I want to go outside, but I can't because the heat does something to me. It cripples me. It, it, it makes all of my nervous system inside of me tighten up. So guess what? I buy certain equipment so that I can go outside with my family. I buy a vest that keeps me cool. I buy a fan that I walk around with. People think I'm crazy. People think I'm going through a certain stage in life, but I'm not. It's just I'm, I'm trying to keep myself cool. I'm trying to keep myself cool. Because I want to have fun with my kids and my wife. I don't, I don't make excuses for God. God has the final say. 
So if it's that I have to wear like a big <laughs> cooling vest and have my fan and look like Inspector Gadget for a little while, it's all good. Why? Because I'm making memories at home. That's why my faith is in God. Like, God, you're going to take this away. But in the, midst, in the meantime, I'm just going to use all these gadgets. I'll go out. I'll play. My eighth point. Even in your quitting, you are important to him. That was the point I did last week. Even in your quitting, you are important to him. You're probably here right now. Here right now in the room. You're probably watching us online saying, God, I need answers. God, everything is going crazy at home. I know I'm not going to get any help. Are you really God? Are you really the God that everyone talks about that does miraculous miracles? Even in your quitting, you're important for him. He's still reaching out to you. Even when you think you can't make it, he's still trying to get your attention. He's saying, I'm here. I love you. I care for you. Stop crying. Wipe your eyes. You're not alone. In your pain and in your anguish, and even in your disappointment, God is full of mercy and in grace. God has room for humanity. God loves us so much that he will come for you even when you don't meet the criteria. Even when you're quitting already, he is still there. He is still there. And I want you guys to always remember that, that he is still there, that it's too late to quit. He loves you. He cares for you. He, is, he died on that cross for you and for me. Not because he wanted to, but because it had to be done. So that when you live in those moments of guilt and you live in those moments of pain, you could reach out at home. You don't have to call a 1-800 number. You can just fall on your knees and say, God, I need you. God, I surrender myself to you. God, I'm all yours. I already gave you eight points. Those are all the points I have for the four or uh, uh, three Sundays I've been here. I just want to say thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the opportunity of allowing me to be here in front of you and just talking. So I call this talking. I just talk. Amen. But as we close today with this part, I want to leave you with a couple of short words to explain our journey, our journey, our journey. Our journey is depending in our faith and walk with Jesus. I have just finished giving you a recap of eight points of the importance of the ongoing relationship that we should have with Jesus. You need to trust God to the point that he can lead your life and direct your life. You need to stop trying to control your destiny and allow God to take control and start it today. Some of us are going in this journey with doubt, but we need to understand that our focus and that our needs and our, our desires should be aimed at Jesus. 
Don't lose sight of who Jesus is in your life and in your walk with him. It's going to be moments of doubt and anger. But all this month, we have been covering how we need to equip ourselves with more of God and less of us. I want to leave you with this next thing. It's in Isaiah 43, verse 1 to 3. If you have it, please put it up. There you go. It says, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name. You're mine. You're his. When you're, in, when you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When, when you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end for you because I am God, your personal God. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnote.org. See you next time.